started off a series called What If Jesus Was Serious? And so recently we've had, uh, first off, Pastor Elliot, no, yeah, Pastor Elliot speak on uh, What If Jesus Was Serious About Worship? And then uh, Pastor Jason ministered about What If Jesus Was Serious About the Table? And now my assignment is to minister today about what if Jesus was serious about the Sabbath? What if Jesus was serious about the Sabbath? And so I want to get into it because I have a lot of information to cover this morning. Uh, So I want to start off by reading Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. Mark chapter 2, 23 through 28. And I'm reading out of the ESV. It says this. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now I'm going to read some more In Mark chapter 3, now it's not going to be on the screen behind you, but I'm going to read this anyway. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, also out of the ESV, it goes on to say this. Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good? or to do harm, to save life, or to kill. (laughs) But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of their hearts, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went away and immediately held counsel with the uh, Herdorians, yeah, their hands against him uh, onto how to destroy him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for the opportunity to be able to share your word with your people. Father, I pray that your people are as fertile ground ready to receive the seed of your word. And I thank you, Father, that no weapon form shall prosper. I thank you, Father, that there will be no hindrances from your people hearing and receiving your word on today. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, for those of you all who are watching via live stream, we just want to welcome you all and thank you all for being with us on this morning. But there's some information that I really want to share with you guys. And so the first thing is we hear a whole lot of conversation in these scriptures about the Sabbath. But I guess even before I can get deep into these scriptures, the first thing is, what is the Sabbath? Can't go any further unless we first have that conversation. What is the Sabbath? I want to start reading first in uh, Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. Leviticus 23, verses 1 through 3 says this. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, 
These are the appointed feasts or appointed times of the Lord that you shall proclaim as holy convocations. They are my appointed feasts or appointed times. Verse three, six days shall we work. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You should do not, you should do not work. You should do no work, excuse me. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. That piece where it says, these are, they are my appointed times, my appointed feasts, there's appointed times. That's speaking specifically, and that word is translated as an appointment. So the Sabbath is what God had referred to as one of his appointed times or an appointment that he sets with us on a regular basis. Now, there is another list of other appointed times, but we want to get into those right now. The main ones that we want to focus in on right now is the Sabbath. So in this scripture, when it reads and it speaks about the appointed feast, it's speaking about an appointment with God. Can I teach a little bit this morning? Is that okay? Amen. As we go on a little bit further, we understand that that word Sabbath, as it appears in this particular scripture, it means an intermission. All of us know what an intermission is, right? Those long movies, y'all remember? (laughs) The movie, uh, The Ten Commandments. And that movie was what, 10 hours long? And in the middle, there's an intermission. And even the intermission is long. If y'all remember, an intermission is a holding time, a stopping point. It goes on further to define the word Sabbath as this, to repose, to decease from, from, from doing a lot of work. To decease from doing a lot of work or exertion. Why is the Sabbath important? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's take a quick survey. How many of you all know what the Ten Commandments are? Raise your hand. For those of you all in the room that know what the Ten Commandments are, raise your hand, okay? So as I'm sitting here polling for those who are watching online, uh, I would say probably 60% of the room may know. And of that 60%, how many of you all believe that you follow the Ten Commandments? Raise your hand. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You all are not helping with the message right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we need to have a whole other message. (laughs) So, as we move forward with the uh, the message here, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 7 through 21, I'm not going to read all of those. I'm going to actually paraphrase them. But they list out the Ten Commandments, okay? So the first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. You all follow that one, most people? Okay. Number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So don't make any graven images. Most people do that, right? Yeah? Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all got to be a... <laughs> okay. Uh, number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, I know for some people that part might be hard, especially when there's a road rage issue. And then you'd be saying all those words that are not in Scripture <laughs> that you shouldn't share. 
including calling his name in vain. But most people do that. I want to skip down to number five. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Most of us do that. Okay. You shall not murder. I hope most of us do that. (laughs) You shall not commit adultery and you shall not steal and you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You should not covet your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's house, his field or his male servant or his female servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that your neighbor has. If we look at all of those points as far as the Ten Commandments are concerned, most people in the room who knew what the Ten Commandments are and feel that they follow them, follow them. But here's one that most probably don't. The fourth one, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work. Sorry, Brother Jeff, amen or ouch. (laughs) Most of us, if we're being really honest, who said that we follow the Ten Commandments, that's probably one of the ones that we don't follow. And so I asked the question at the beginning, why is it important? It's important because God said so. Over 90% of Christians, when they reevaluate whether or not they truly follow the Ten Commandments, would find they follow all but that one. Some may say, well, that's part of the law, and because Jesus came, we no longer are under the law. My response to that is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, where it says, Jesus himself says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law, or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Which is why he can say, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And most of you all in the room may have never said, well, I don't do it because it's the law. But there are some who have made that statement. Interesting. I also say... Uh, why would you, some, some may also say, why would you want to do something? I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Another thing that some people may say is, well, um, yeah, it's not the law, but that, that's one thing. But it's another thing that people will say is, well, it's, it's a Jewish thing. It's a Jewish thing. Interesting. Can I poke the bear a little bit? In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 1, it says this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. My first question would be, why would we think that we are better than God? If he rested, why won't we? See, I I think it's more so, it's a worldwide problem, but it's a 
the, one of the biggest problems here in America, we're always on the go. There's no, the, the, the concept of rest is not even part of our vocabulary in most cases because we feel like we have to keep accomplishing things. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got, most of us do anyway. And the problem is we're not in line with God's will and purpose. If I can poke the bear even further, so what if it was just a Jewish thing, which is not. It's a kingdom thing according to scripture. Because in Genesis chapter two, there was no nation of Israel. There were no Jewish people. There was humanity. And that's it. Not to mention the fact that our savior is Jewish. So what now? Sometimes we as Christians forget that. Jesus was Jewish. He adhered to the precepts of being a Jew. But that's a whole other conversation, a whole other message. I just wanted to poke the bear a little bit. There are things that we should be doing that we haven't. The concept of an idea about the Sabbath was something that was on the heart of God from the very beginning. We just read that in Genesis. There were no Jewish people. That's why Sabbath is a kingdom concept, not a Jewish thing. My family and I honor the Sabbath. And with us honoring the Sabbath, our lives have not only been transformed, but have been tremendously blessed. And here's the thing, you're not going to hell if you don't follow the Sabbath, but wouldn't you want your life to be increased and blessed even more because you decide to follow what God has told us in scripture to follow? It's just a thought, just a thought. Thank you, Lord. And so I had to take you all back before I could move you forward. We had to go back to understand, have an understanding about what the Sabbath is and why it's important so that now when we go back and read Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 27, or 28 rather, now it begins to make a little bit more sense as to why the Pharisees are saying what they're saying because they're, they're dogmatic about it. In both of those scriptures, first they are upset because the disciples were eating grain as they were walking through the field, and then they're upset because Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath because they're trying to follow it, not just to the T, but they're going a little, bit, a little bit above and beyond. I remember once my family and I were on a vacation. We were on a cruise, actually. And we were like going through, you know, those of you all who've been on cruises before, you know it's a nonstop eating fest. And said so we were on it. <laughs> Papa Don said, hallelujah. And so we were in one of the dining rooms, and there were people going up getting their, their drinks at the, uh, the soda dispenser. And so as I was heading to the soda dispenser, I noticed that there was a woman standing there, and she had a smile on her face, and she was just standing. And, and I was, as I was walking, getting closer, because there were people in front of me, I was trying to figure out why she was just standing there. And then as I got a little closer, I noticed that she had a wrap on her head, and then I thought about it. I said, do you need me to push the button for you? She said, yes, please. She was a Jewish woman. It was the Sabbath, and because of the Sabbath, she couldn't push the button to dispense the soda because she was following what she felt was the law. And this is not a negative thing. I'm not trying to tear her down for what her understanding was, but I'm trying to prove a point. Sometimes 
we can do a little bit more than what God had intended for us to do. When we go back to Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 27, we see this. Demanding an explanation, the disciples, I mean the Pharisees were demanding an explanation as to why the disciples' behavior was what it was. And they were quick to point out to the Lord what they thought was the trespass. As always, Jesus' reply came straight from Scripture. He reminded those pointing fingers of the actions of King David and his companions when eating the consecrated bread. This is very important. It's a very important point because God wanted us to understand, first and foremost, that we always have to follow truth. It's about what the truth of his word has to say and not what our opinion is. For the Pharisees, Sabbath rules had become more important than Sabbath rest. It was about the rules and not about the heart of the matter. What are some of the rules that we as the body of Christ had set forth and that we're promoting or pushing that are not the heart of the matter? Think about it. Scripture in Micah, verse six, I'm sorry, chapter six, verse eight says this, he has showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's what he requires of us. Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28 says this, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was established for man as a divine and sacred institution to be embraced as a most delightful benefit and privilege. It was never intended to be a chore. Never. So even with all the information that I shared with you guys as far as what the Sabbath is and why it's important, it's still not supposed to be a chore. It's supposed to be something that that enhances your life that extends your life, that gives your life more meaning. Because here's one thing you can't do on the Sabbath. Besides not working, you can't worry. Yeah, somebody just said, "Uh uh-oh, in the room. (laughs) Did you all know that worry is work? Can you imagine what our lives would be like if there was at least one day a week when we didn't worry about anything? All we did was rest in him. That's what Sabbath is about. Resting in his presence, focusing on your family. Um, If I could just take a little bit from Pastor Jason from last week, the table and Sabbath go hand in hand. It's a place to meet. One of the things that we instituted in our home for our boys as far as the Sabbath is concerned is that we let them have the opportunity to have a voice. And it did, that didn't mean that we agreed with everything they had to say. Dad, you know, although we know that we got stuff going on, um, I really feel that we're supposed to get a PS5. 
So, um, and that sounds like what a kid would say, right? All these things we got to take care of, and you're talking about a PS5. But the, the fact is, they knew that they had the opportunity to have a voice. And even when there's decisions that have to be made by our family, we sit down together at the table, usually on the Sabbath, to discuss those things together. And we make it an issue of prayer, so we pray together as a family. Some of my boys had even taken to turning it into a time where we're uh, doing um, uh, video competitions. You know, I'm a, a, a 2K fan, and I go back to the old uh, NBA, you know, back when Michael Jordan played, because that's, that's real basketball to be in there. What they got now, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and so I created my own team, and, you know, Michael Jordan is on the team, and a few other old Bulls on the team, because once again, Chicago fans, yep, mm-hmm. But we make it a time where we come together as a family and just focus on family. Focus on the word. Break bread. And our children have a voice at the table. Your lives and your families will be transformed in ways unimaginable if you think about appropriating and participating in what God had set up at the very beginning because it was on his heart to do so. Are you willing to do it? Jesus tells us that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It was a day set aside to replenish, restore, refresh, and repair. Who doesn't need this? So when we talk about what if Jesus was serious about the Sabbath, I believe he is. The question is, are we? Are we? God has directed for, for man to rest uh, from his work at least one day in the seven. Jesus here affirms, well, uh, that he affirms that here, and while he's affirming it here, he's also shattering the legalism of the Pharisees. He said, yes, this is something that should be done, but make sure it's done with the right heart and with the right spirit. Jesus states that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, which is a powerful statement pointing to the fact that he himself is the source of the deep peace that we desperately need. I'm going to ask the uh, praise and worship team to come back up, please, so they can begin to play. Plus, we have some other things that we need to take care of. And as they're coming, I'm going to share this with you. This is a statement that a theologian by the name of Pastor Timothy Kelly says. He says this, the word Sabbath means a deep rest, a deep peace. It's a near synonym for shalom, which is a state of wholeness and flourishing in every dimension of life. When Jesus says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus means that he is the Sabbath. He is the source of the deep rest we need. He has come to completely change the way we rest. The one day a week rest we take is just a taste of the deep divine rest we need 
and Jesus is the source. Pastor Ed, can you break that down, that statement, that quote to me right now? What does that mean for me? If you are a person struggling with anxiety or even struggling with depression, if you are a family that seems in constant turmoil, if you are a child who feels like you don't have a voice in your home, Sabbath is the solution for all of that. And you may say, well, how does that correlate? Because it's a time when we have to be intentional about putting everything else down. Whatever those things that we're looking at or, or focusing in on for the rest of the week, we have to put those things aside and just focus on one, our relationship with God and our family. 